Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for the great hope that is ours. We do believe in Calvary. We do believe there's a place called heaven. As we look at this text today, we are reminded that though we grieve, we do not grieve as those who do not have hope. And we thank you for that great hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. Please, Lord, guide the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the application of your holy word today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read John 11, verses 1 to 4, and then I'm going to skip to verses 17 and actually read to 37. Some part of this we've already covered, but I wanted to kind of finish covering John 11 today. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then turn into verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Thanks be to God for his holy word. Well, a few weeks ago, we did a character study on John 11, and I suggested to you that Mary reminded us uh, to worship. 
And Martha reminded us to serve, and Lazarus reminded us to bear witness for Christ. Today, I want to look at this story again, and I want us to look more today at how the family dealt with death. Now, listen, I know it's not a pleasant subject. It's a subject that most of us avoid. Someone on a hospice website wrote this, American society is considered a death-denying culture. In general, we do not like to think about it, talk about it, or acknowledge death as an inevitable reality. While logically we understand that we will all die someday, it's generally a topic that is uncomfortable, and we often sweep it under the rug. Someone has else has written that the fear of death is so strong, is strong enough to compel us to force kale down our throats, run on a treadmill at 6 a.m. on a Monday morning, and go to the doctor every time we feel something is a little off. So I get it. This is not the most pleasant of subjects for any of us, but it is a reality that we all face. And some of you may be thinking, but well, why did you have to bring it up on a holiday weekend? Well, one, it's where we're at in John's gospel. And, and I'm not going to overlook it just because it's not easy to talk about. And, and I'm not going to overlook it just because I don't have all the answers. But second, it is an appropriate subject for the 4th of July. After all, think about it. Many, many men and women gave their lives, sacrifice to protect our freedom. All that said, I think our text and our Christian faith brings us hope and comfort in the midst of a very difficult reality. It teaches us here in this text at least four truths when we face death. Friends and family can help. God is never far away. We need not fear death because we have the hope of the resurrection and as Christians, we can bear witness to the reality of both grief and victory. Let's look at that. Friends can help. Our, our text paints a reality that has taken place over and over again as people have grieved. Verse 19, many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Verse 31 also speaks of people being in the house consoling Mary in particular. Friends and family can help in our times of grief. Yes, we've all encountered those friends who are not so helpful. And even the best of our friends will in those moments say some awkward things, and they've got the best of intentions, but they say something awkward anyway. I know I have. But still, when I've lost loved ones, I've been so very grateful for my Christian friends. You know, when my dad died, I had only been out of high school 10 years. But honestly, I hadn't done a very good job of keeping up with some of my high school friends. You know how it goes. Life brings its changes. And in my case, I had moved away. I would completed engineering school. Uh, I had worked for a while as an engineer, and then I would gone back to seminary. But at the funeral home that evening, in walked a very dear friend, one I still see from time to time. I, in fact, I hope he'll come worship with us some Sunday soon. And when he came through the line, I got to admit, I lost it for just a little bit. Not so much because of the grief, but because it was a vivid and deep reminder 
that the Lord hadn't forgotten me. The friends were still there. Beloved, I want to urge us to do something. Let's mourn with those who mourn. Let's do the best we can to mourn with those who mourn. And look, each case will dictate how we do that. We all grieve differently. One person might need a friend to stay with her a few nights while she gets used to, to being in the home alone until she's ready to face an empty house. Another friend might find healing by all the cards and notes you send them. Another might need a little space. But then what they want to know is that you're there. You're just a phone call away and you would come if they need you. We all need friends and family when we've lost loved ones. That's what the Jewish people were doing. They were consoling Mary and Martha. So let me urge you to come alongside one another. I know it's awkward. I know we don't know what to say. But here's what I've learned through the years in ministry. Unless you say or do something mean-spirited, your friend's probably not going to remember what you said. But they are going to recall that you were there. That you were by their side. That you were willing to come alongside them. Because when we do that, we bring hope and comfort to people. All of us could tell stories of someone who was there, who blessed us in times of grief. Praise God for such good Christian friends, right? But an even greater reality found in our text is that God is always with us when we grieve. God understands death. He warned Adam and Eve that if they rebelled, it would bring death. But after they sinned, did God abandon them? No, He did not. And He has not abandoned us. God is with us even in times of grief. I should, I should probably say that God is especially with us in times of grief. God understands our grief. A mother who had lost her son understandably cried out, Oh, where is God when I need Him most? And a close friend gently said, I believe He's in the same place He was when he lost his son, meaning God understands. God's grieving with us. He, he knows what it's like to lose a loved one, even an only son. You see, the cross is not only our salvation, it's not only a bridge that saves us and draws us back to God, it's a bridge that connects us to God such that God knows and has experienced our every reality, even death. And the reality of God entering into our grief is never more clear than in our text this morning. Look at verses 33 to 36 again. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? You see what's happening here? Jesus is sharing in their grief. He wept with them as they walked back to the tomb, to the place where they had laid Lazarus. And the Greeks of the day would have been blown away when they read John's gospel. You see, their gods were deemed above all petty emotions. Their gods were untouched by sorrow and by pain. 
but not Jesus. Beloved, Jesus is empathetic with us. Jesus walks with us. And Jesus, God is with us in our sorrow. And the best news of all in this text is that you and I need not fear death. John 11, verses 25 to 26. I am the resurrection, the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you? Beloved, do you believe this? Though you will die, yet shall you live. You know, in the nearly 30 years of ministry, one of my great privileges has been walking with people near the end of life. It is also the most difficult part of my calling some days. But I do count it a privilege. Those are very sacred moments as I've walked with families. And what I found interesting, particularly among older people, I've heard them say quite often that though they may be afraid of the process of dying, they're not afraid of death. They're afraid of the suffering and, and what they may have to endure, and that's understandable. But they've told me again and again, I'm not afraid to die. Why? Because they're believers. And they know that Jesus has delivered them from the worst that death can do, and that is Jesus has delivered them from eternal separation from God. Though they die, yet shall they live. They're trusting that to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. They trust heaven is real, and in the moment they die, they will be with Jesus in paradise. I've been with people when they're seeing things that you and I cannot see. When it's clear, I have seen more than once people reach their hands towards heaven. Even though they've been out of it in a coma, they haven't moved, it's amazing. They believe heaven's real and that they're going to paradise. You see, they may be afraid of what might come in this world before they die, and so am I. But I have seen believer after believer demonstrate that we need not fear death. And so I trust that one day you and I can do likewise. Beloved, death is not easy. You know that. Grief is real. But I believe Christians can bear witness to both grief and victory. When I was a boy, uh, an uncle by marriage had lost his father, and so we all went to the home and uh, to the funeral home and, and to the memorial service like, like we do. And my uncle had been very stoic throughout those days. So someone finally asked him, says, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you expressing grief? And I'll never forget his answer. I'm trying to take it the way dad would. I'm trying to take it like a man. And I knew even as a boy that that response was odd. Odd. 
It was odd. And I don't think taking it like a man is the Christian response. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 1 Thessalonians 4 does not say, do not grieve. It does not say, take it like a man or a woman. No, it says we do not want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who do not have hope. We are people with hope. But still, we are people who grieve. It's different because of our hope. But we grieve. We miss relatives and friends. We miss them because we love them. We grieve because we would have always liked more time. We grieve because there were things we yet wanted to do. There were things we yet wanted to say. We grieve because we long to hear their voice and we would love to feel their embrace. We, we grieve and we even ask, as the Jews did in verse 37, Lord, why didn't you keep them from dying? I mean, couldn't I have had them with me just a little longer? My dad has been with the Lord over 30 years now, and I can tell you now unashamedly that a song comes on the radio sometimes, and I weep. I still cry. But I do not weep as one without hope. I weep because I miss him. But I also weep because of the joy that awaits me. I will see my dad again. I know that. I weep as one with hope, and so do you when you trust in the Lord. We grieve, but we also believe Jesus died and rose again, and so will those who trust in him. Christians, we can and should bear witness to the reality of grief on one hand and the even greater reality of victory in Jesus on the other. Death still has its sting, but it has been swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, death is a difficult, it's a harsh reality. But it's also a victory, a great victory for the believer. So when we face death, remember friends and family can help. Jesus is always near. We need not fear death because he is the resurrection and the life. And you and I can bear witness to grief and victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for, on behalf of all of us, 
for Christian brothers and sisters who have come alongside us in times of need. We could probably all tell stories about someone who, who came into the room or came by the home or, or sent a card that we hadn't heard from in years and, and what it meant. Thank you for those brothers and sisters. And I pray that we'll be those kinds of brothers and sisters that come alongside others when they grieve. And Lord, we especially thank you that you are with us when we grieve. We may feel abandoned, but the truth is that nothing in life nor death can separate us from your great love in Christ Jesus. We thank you that you never leave us, that you carry us through those times. And Lord, we thank you that the sting of death has been swallowed up in victory, in the victory of your resurrection. We may fear the process. There's a certain part of the unknown that we perhaps fear. But like countless believers before us, we can go ahead knowing that we need not fear death. You have won the victory. So I pray that as believers in this community that we would bear witness to the truth that it's okay to grieve. That it's part of the process. But also pray that we'll bear witness to the greater reality that we have the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. That we grieve, but we grieve as those with hope. Fill us with that hope in all of life and even and in death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join us in our final hymn, number 762. What a day that will be.
shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be what a day bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace today and forevermore. Amen.